Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is August 19th, 2020, and welcome to Hijacking Reality Part 4. Um, to really grasp what's being um, discussed today, uh, it's highly recommended that you see Parts 1 through 3, specifically um, as it relates to the Saturnian expression of the Age of Aquarius. Today we're going to go deep. We're going to go real deep. Um, it's going to be a master class of conspiracy, synchromysticism, cultural dream weaving, state-sponsored magic, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, we're just going to see how how this, um, you know, what we're, we're experiencing right now has always been in the works. And we're going to see how it was done and... Um, the, the purpose of this is so that it becomes easier to move off of it. Um, as you saw within um, Indiana Jones or Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, shut your eyes. You know, you got to stop looking at this. Uh, and when I say this, I mean the world which we think is normal. Um, the money world, the technology world, everything that we've been born into, everything that we assume is normal and right, it's not. It only seems that way because we've been born into it. And so we're going to go and, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to see how. So let's just jump right in. Um, part one, the London Olympics, John D. and the New Jerusalem. Probably around April of this year, um, there started coming out videos showing the correspondence between the whole dancing doctor craze and... Um, the London Olympics, Summer Olympic opening ceremony of 2012. Also, the um, we could also see in those times the uh, um, the coronavirus was, was just put out there. And most of these videos talked about it in terms of predictive programming. It's much, much deeper than that. And we're going to go into that right now. Um, what this does, you could look at this as, you know, cultural dream weaving, state-sponsored magic, uh, revelation of the method, you know, all these sort of things. But let's go a little bit deeper. Um, let's go right here. So to really understand the significance, you know, why we, <laughs> we can't just look at the dancing doctors. We can see that with hindsight right now that that what that means. But at the time, that meant nothing. And in the years leading to 2012, there was a, um, there was a synchromystic researcher, Rick Clay. He took his own life in 20, in 2008. Um, you know, what were the circumstances? I don't know, but I do want to pull up some of his research. And he did a lot of research into the, um, at the time, the coming London games. He was, he was British. And what he did was he identified how embedded in the logo was the word Zion. In the previous Olympics, the 2008 Beijing, China, uh, was the word Zion. And he also showed how, um, New Jerusalem, was used throughout the the Olympic Village or the coming Olympic Village. When the 2012 Games came, like there was no big, um, you know, everyone was kind of like looking for something very, very big. And so when nothing very, very big happened, it was just kind of like brushed aside and, and moved on. But now with hindsight, now particularly with everything we know, with what's going on with the coronavirus, we can look at it with, with much greater... Um, uh, understanding for the subtleties of what the London games were. Um, and what we can see from Rick's work was that they, um, there was a statement. They were saying like, this is the people who put on the London games, you know, the, 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 the makers of the show and the show is all of culture. Um, they're saying, yeah, we're, we're getting ready for New Jerusalem. So what, and Zion. So what is New Jerusalem? What is Zion? We can see, um, in the book of Revelations, uh, the city is also called Heavenly Jerusalem as well as being called Zion. They're talking about New Jerusalem. So uh, the book of Revelations is all about the apocalypse. The apocalypse is the end of an age. That's what we're seeing right now. The end of an age, 
uh, the revelation and then the birth of the next age. And as what, as it dies, as one, as one time frame comes to an end, the same people who were ruling that time frame are saying, Hey, we're going to rule the next time frame, you know, meet the old boss, same as the new boss. And that's what was being said here. This is not just said, but this was the magic. This is the magic of what was, um, being introduced on the collective consciousness um of of uh you know really the whole world that's what the olympics are more than any event uh <laughs> with the exception of the coronavirus are the olympics and the the opening ceremonies are the the premier mass occult ritual on our planet uh I also want to point out this, you know, Rick didn't talk about this because this was after, uh, after, uh, his death, but the following Olympics, the 2016, it's called a new world. That was the motto in, in Rio. And, you know, this also, this looks very Zion like too, we can see, but, um, let's keep in mind, you know, right here we see, uh, who was the, who opened the Olympic Games? Who was the master of ceremonies? Queen Elizabeth II. Queen Elizabeth II. Here she is with Bill Gates, 20, 2005. Here she is knighting him. This is her husband. You know, he was famous for his quote that he wants to be reincarnated as a deadly virus to solve the overpopulation problem. But overpopulation myth is more accurate. Um, we know that overpopulation is the talking point of Bill Gates. Same people, same talking points, you know, uh, meet the old boss, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Um, the Olympic Games, who did they begin with? They began, um, the actual ceremony began with like this, uh, uh, this thing with, with the Queen and Daniel Craig, the actor playing James Bond, 007. Queen Elizabeth II, 007. Queen Elizabeth I, the first, you know, she was 400 years earlier. She, her, who was her primary advisor, the original 007, John D. That's who we're seeing right here. Queen Elizabeth and John D. Queen Elizabeth and John D. John D., the original 007. Who was John D.? He was the guy who came up with the, uh, uh, amongst other things, he's credited with the phrase, um, the British Empire. Um, you got to see the other videos. Understand the British Empire was a temporary thing. This is bigger than the British Empire. This is, that was just the last 400 years, if you will. Um, so something else to think about the London Games. So the London Games, they, they occurred, the opening ceremonies was July 27th, 2012. On July 20th, 2012, so one week earlier, was the release in the, um, in the United Kingdom. So 20, uh, the, the 16th was the primary premiere. And then, um, and then there was a, a London premiere, actually a European premiere. And that was on the 18th. So you've got the 18th right here. This was in New York City. This was in London. And then this was the, uh, the worldwide release was right here on the 20th. And here's the London Games. You know, we see it all happen in this period of time. And the London Games, um, the London, the, uh, excuse me, the, the London release of The Dark Knight Rises. That's what this is. The, the second, um, the second Batman film in the Christopher Nolan series, Batman Begins was the first one. Uh, that's what was that's what had its premiere. And the European premiere happened at Leicester. I think that's how I think I'm pronouncing correctly in London, England. So, um, uh, Leicester Square, it was being reopened. I wish I had the date here for when this was. This is obvious, this is right around 12. Um, it had a $15 million makeover. And the reason why they did that was, um, really to get it ready or in, in time with the, the, uh, London Olympic Games. Um, you know, this is very common in terms of like city planning and urban planning and really how like, you know, the world is run from that level. And so they get the city all ready for, um, when the world's, uh, spotlight will be upon it. And Leicester Square, 
um, happened. This was a major, major city um, project. The square is famous for its film premieres. And then the, the mayor of London said, he's like, the square where, where this opened up a week before had its premiere, The Dark Knight Rises, before the Olympic ceremonies, he said it's going to be a beacon for world premieres and stars in the silver screen. So who was this mayor? Well, the mayor, the London mayor, the biggest winner of the Olympics was Boris Johnson. So who's Boris Johnson? He's the current sitting uh, prime minister for um, for for Great Britain, for the UK. Um, you know, it's we see the connection. The uh, 2012, the London mayor is now um, at 2020. He's now the prime minister. As we see the connection through the coronavirus, the do the dancing doctors, and so forth. Um, and not only that, but, and we also see connected to it, and you're going to see how it gets really, really deep. Um, it connects to, uh, Batman, and even more specifically to, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Is that what it was called? Am I saying that correctly? Um, yeah, The Dark Knight Rises. Um, Boris Johnson, in his opening, his first speech as a prime minister, he said something, the press goes wild, and they're saying, hey, he's quoting, he's quoting Bane, the bad guy from, from what movie? The Dark Knight Rises. So here we go, we've got the prime minister, or the London, the mayor of London during the, 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 the London games, uh, which coincides with the opening of The Dark Knight Rises, uh, as he becomes the Prime Minister in 2019, uh, and let's see right here, it was, um, <laughs> it was July 23rd, you know, almost, um, uh, I guess seven years to the day of the, uh, of the opening games and the opening and the premiere of the movie, he makes a quote and his quote seems to have, uh, is credited to Bane, the bad guy, the villain of the Dark Knight. So it's not so much that he's the villain, which is so significant, but he was a villain who was known for wearing a friggin' mask. Now you see how it's all connected? And then we have on March 27th that Boris Johnson becomes the first major world leader who tests positive for COVID. It's all connected. It's all, it's all linked up. You know, here's your synchro mysticism. Let's also go one level deeper. So dark night, the dark night. What are they talking about? They're talking about the dark night of the soul. There can be no rebirth without the dark night of the soul, a total annihilation of all that you believed in and thought you were. So here's the, here's the interesting, here's the good news sort of stuff. So we are seeing this happen in real time with the destruction of our culture. It was never our culture. Get that through your mind. You were born into it. It's the culture you know, but all of it's been bullshit. It's always been inverted. It's being destroyed right now. And you're going to see that on a cultural level, but it's also going to be a soul level. That's, you know, you can move through this by, by recognizing the deeper level of what's happening and recognizing that, yes, we are going to see all life change but if you do not stay connected to it, there is the potential, or I certainly hope so, or at least that's how I'm approaching it, of being able to move through it. The dark night of the soul, the dark night rises. So it's like you get sucked into this one level of what they want, the Saturnian expression of the age of Aquarius, but there's also the Uranus expression, the soul level for those who are able to do that. Doesn't mean it's any easier, but that's what the dark night rises is a double entendre to. It's telling you about the dark night of the soul. So let's go back now to the opening games. Remember the whole like, uh, uh, the opening, the opening ceremony. We've got all of this like Mary Poppins stuff. We've got this is Mary Poppins dropping down in the Olympics. Now from the movie Mary Poppins, arguably the best known song or, or from that is a, uh, a spoonful of sugar. And as the refrain goes, it takes a, you take a spoonful of sugar, um, helps the medicine go down. I think that's how, how the lyric is. And that's a, a, another a double entendre. In the context of the movie and in the context on one level is like, um, 
you got to do something you don't want to do. Here she is. She's a nanny. She's telling these two kids, hey, you got to clean up your rooms. I know you don't want to clean up your rooms. Um, but if you have a good attitude, it becomes easier. Here's the spoonful of sugar. If you do it with a positive attitude, it makes the work easier. Guess what? That's them telling you folks right here. Well, have a good attitude with the destruction of everything which you think is normal. Um, but also a spoonful of sugar and medicine. It's the, the, the actual, um, the, the people who wrote the song, they say the inspiration behind it was the polio vaccine. Uh, population control. You know, it's all like this strange web, um, this, imagine this web, or at least this is how I'm picturing this spider web with all of these different ways around it. And so what at least I'm hoping that this work can do for people, you know, is that it inspires to find a different path to navigate all which is coming before us, all that's been planned out in front of us for, you know, years and years before we begin we're going to go through a dark night of the soul no matter what if you want to go and find your new jerusalem you want to find your new your your new heaven your new earth um you got to be awake <laughs> all right um oh and here's the last thing so here's the medicine this all ties into like you know the mass shootings as well so we've got our we've got our 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 uh um Dark Knight Rises as a movie. It is tied directly to the London Games. We know the London Games is tied directly to, or maybe not directly, indirectly, but there is a, if you know what you're looking for, it's a very, very strong connection to the coronavirus. And so what also happened on, on, um, July 20th in the American, um, release date of the, uh, of the Dark Knight Rises was this gentleman here, James Holmes. He shoots up. He's accredited for shooting up a movie theater in, um, in Aurora, Colorado. You know, um, hopefully you remember this and particularly like, <laughs> you know, what was this guy studying? Who was his father involved with? This was one of the most significant, um, at least on the cultural consciousness events that happened, um, uh, as it relates to mass shootings, you know, he's, he's dressed as the Joker. And then shortly afterwards of this year in December 2012, uh, December 14th, a week before the, the, the big date of December 21st was the Sandy Hook shooting. Sandy Hook was also connected to Dark Knight Rises. This here was, um, this here was, uh, uh, a screenshot from the movie. This shows Bane, the villain, where he's showing his strike zone, strike zone one, and here it is in Sandy Hook. Um, I can remember when all of this stuff was happening, there used to be a YouTube channel which I subscribed to and I looked forward to all of the videos. It was called Black Child Productions. Uh, I'm going to make reference to that again. All of that work is more or less scrubbed off the internet. Uh, uh, anyone who remembers him, like, you know, <laughs> he was one of our forefathers moving forward in this movement as to where we are now. Um, but again, all of this is to show you, this is how it's all connected. And it's all this webbery in our neuro pathways and in, in our collective pathways. And this was all, you know, however you want to understand what reality is, these are like undeniably connected, but it ain't just recent. You know, we're going to go back right now. We're going to go look at the lost colony of Roanoke, human sacrifice, and the birth of Virginia Dare. Um, if you're familiar with my work uh, of the Susquehanna mystery and all of all of that, and I highly recommend, you know, to go and, and, and see it. It's all connected. Um, I, I, I talk about Jamestown as the first permanent colony over and over again. Um by saying first permanent colony, I'm making reference to the fact that there were colonies that were not permanent. And there are two of them. There was one, I think it was called St. John. And then the other one was the Roanoke colony. And the Roanoke colony is probably the best known of the two because of the mystery, the, the fact that, um, anywhere, the fate of, of anywhere from 112 to 121 columnists, they just disappeared. They, 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 we don't know what happened to them, or at least how the history goes. 
Story says that the governor, John White, he drops him off to, in 1587. He goes away, blah, blah, blah. A bunch of stuff happens. This is right around the time where, where John D is said to have, um, uh, used his Enochian magic to, to defeat the Spanish Armada. And then he come, and then John, um, White, the governor of, um, of the Roanoke colony returns in, in uh, three years later in 1590, and there is absolutely no trace of any of these colonists. There's no signs of, of violence. There's no signs of anything. There was um, the people who he left in charge. They agreed that if anything um, were to happen, that they were to carve into one of the trees. Their symbol would be the Maltese cross that was not char carved into the trees. What was carved into the trees was two things. One, the word Croatoan and the letter C-R-O. We're going to come to that a little bit later. Um, but what's also, but what, 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 in my opinion, what this is all about. So let's take a step back. This is, this, this lost colony, um, the, co uh, the colony of Roanoke. This is under the watch of Queen Elizabeth I and the advice of, of John Dee. This is where the British Empire began when they tried, or, or the early stages. Jamestown is when it really took foot, but this is like the preparations. And, and this colony goes, um, they try to set it up. All of these people disappear. But what did happen was born in the new world was Virginia Dare, the granddaughter of John White. She is the first English person born in the new world and she was baptized in the new world. So whether she's real or not, I don't know, but she is the symbolic truth of Virginia, who is Virginia, the queen, Queen Elizabeth. I'll get to that in a moment. And dare. What does dare mean? Dare is, is, um, the definition of, of dare. Do I have it here somewhere? Do I got there? Yeah. Look right here is to have the courage to do something. Keep in mind, Britain was an impoverished nation at the times, at the time, and they went on to become the biggest of all of the empires. That ain't a good thing. Empire building is never a good thing, but they had the courage to say, guess what? We're going for it. And that's what Virginia Dare is. And she was born. If you ask me, all of these folks were human sacrifice. And we'll get into that in a little bit more. But the sacrifice as to why this was the sacrifice before the real, the real event, which would be Jamestown, which was then Jamestown. All of this is this last 400 years was just one small piece of the puzzle anyway, because it was the preparation for where we are right now. That's why this whole sort of, um, uh, Queen Elizabeth, James, you know, this is where it began at least the last 400 years with the first Queen Elizabeth and, and 007. And then we see this, they're saying right here in the Olympics, hey guys, this is, you know, <laughs> we're about to go into the final crossover into the next world and or the next age and the next age it's not going to be like in the age of pisces because it's all going to be technocratic it's all going to be controlled by folks like this bill gates but remember he's still my bitch i'm the one knighting him you know i'm the one in control look at him with his bad posture like oh look i got received this so it's like this is where at least the last 400 years began right here where are we with um the ro with this Roanoke colony um go and see the earlier videos which I've I've done and I talk about how this lines up with the 13th Bach tune like there was a portion the last 400 years has just been a preparation to set the stage for where we are now for our globalism and for our, our, our technology and for all of that. Um, the distribution of electricity, which has given us 5G. This is all inversion of a higher truth, but nonetheless, they put it out there. Um, uh, this fascinating stuff, I'm only just touching upon it a little bit. Uh, if you like this stuff, go look into George Bancroft. George Bancroft is the individual who introduced the idea of Virginia Dare and the Lost Colony into the collective minds of America in the 1800s. This is around the same time when Enochian magic and all of that was introduced 
uh, into the minds of, of folks through the, the, the order of the golden dawn and this entire like spiritualist movement of the late 1800s. It's all kind of overlaps. Uh, but we can see this is where the American spirit began, uh, with this lost colony, um, we're just going to go deeper with this. Let's see what it says. Uh, 1834, that's when Bancroft um, really introduced this idea of Virginia Dare. And all of this happened in 1585. So where was Virginia Dare? Just to give you folks like a uh, an idea of where this was in, in the world. This is North Carolina. This is the Outer Banks. Right here is where the Lost Colony was. This here is Virginia. This is the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay. And right here is where... Um, is where uh, um, Jamestown was. So let's talk about Virginia Dare a little bit more. Um, so uh, Virginia Dare, she was the um, granddaughter of John White. Um, and so John White was the governor. This is important because he was of the ruling class. He was part of the, the, the folks who were involved with all of this, this plan. Um, John White was, uh, he worked closely with this guy, Thomas Harriet. So Thomas Harriet was a protege of John D. So he was a mathematician. Thomas Harriet was trained, uh, in both astrology and with navigation, uh, by John D. And then he's working with John White as to like, you know, what I'm assuming is to like, where to go but i just want to show here this is like the lineage from like directly from john d to jo to virginia dare and virginia dare what she represents um and what does virginia dare represent she is the babe of the wilderness you know here's the here's the, the fate of virginia dare um it tells a story like there's so many legends of her and she's you know uh she her her influence in popular culture has grown and grown and grown but she is originally known as the babe in the wilderness and we're going to get into um we're going to get to that uh in a moment why that's significant but i want to go and before i go any deeper is i want to talk about this this book right here francis bacon the herald of the new age it's written by peter dawkins He's the head of the Francis Bacon Research Trust. Uh, this book is, is I recommend reading it. Um, he, when you read his work, he is obviously very influenced or holds a worldview which is in alignment with theosophical understanding of reality. Talks about root races. He talks about Atlantis. I don't know if any of that's true. I'm just letting you know this is where the guy is coming from. Uh, it's a legit organization. And so in his book, uh, uh, let's see if I can, I'm going to try to read some of this stuff right here. Um, what can we read here? He's talking. So he's speaking very much about the time of John D. and 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 Francis Bacon and Queen Elizabeth and there being a very very conscious idea of like the preparation of the new um the new age and it's all astrological all the stuff I'm talking about he takes a very very positive um perspective like when you read his work like I get very inspired by it because it's like beautiful he's like you know this is the golden age of humanity and I love how that sounds but like you know you look around I'm not seeing that um I'm seeing something that's been hijacked and whether or not this is just like you know um uh whether this was the initial plan or of of these individuals or whether this is just kind of like um uh, putting, uh, what's the, what's the phrase, um, lipstick on a pig, you know, if you get the, the Francis Bacon, <laughs> uh, um, pun, if you will, but that's what this is about. Um, since the end of the golden age of Atlantis, many aeons ago, a vision and hope for a new worldwide golden age of mankind has been nurtured by the sages and saints. Not only was this the vision, but it was step by step prepared down the ages by those who have understood something of the alchemical process and the timing involved. That's what we're talking about here, guys. Um, 
Uh, the work of the Master of the Rose, accomplished under the persona of Francis Bacon, was the herald of the Golden Age by designing and inaugurating the actual method by which the whole world would be taken through its final stages into the long-promised Golden Age of true enlightenment and brotherhood. That's what we are witnessing. Now, you decide whether or not, you know, who the Golden Age is for. You decide whether or not, you know, this is just part of the dark night of the soul. You decide whether or not this has been hijacked. But this is what we're talking about. Like, when I'm talking, like, the 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 end of the apocalypse this isn't me, or like, this is, like, the end of the age and this apocalyptic stuff. This is me not just not making this stuff up. This is, you know, this is where these ideas, they've been talked about. Let's see right here. Oh, this is all... Um, uh, blurry. Um, the process involves the birth of a new global humanity, a sixth root, root race with a higher consciousness based upon unconditional love and a revised programming in both its mental and genetic structures that will supersede the ancient tribal and martial programming of the fifth root race. You know, is that what Elon Musk, is that what we're seeing? I don't know. You decide. Um, I like this idea. Like, I like this idea of us as human beings going on to another level of experience. But I don't know if this is just like, you know, um, again, like lipstick on a pig. Um, is this part of our dark night of the soul? You tell me, how do you walk this walk? That's the only thing which you can really control how you're approaching it. I'd also suggest this is exactly what my pet, my pet goat part two. That is a, a dis, Display, if you will, of the dark night of the soul process, the alchemical process. Um, the essential part, the essential part of the process contains the birth of two new races of mankind in the Americas, first in North and later in South America, under the persona of Francis Bacon. The Master R was directly involved with the seeding of what is now the process of what's becoming <laughs> the sixth sub root, root race. Uh, let's see, what else do we got here? What I wanted to point out. Um, all right, here, I think we got some more good stuff. The process involves the birth of a new global humanity. That's what we're seeing right now. Everyone's getting on the same page. Everyone's doing the same Zoom right now. Um with uh, a new global humanity with a higher consciousness based upon unconditional love and a revised programming, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I think we already did that. Let's see right here. All right. Uh, this is what I really want to show you right here. Uh, the period of work which brings about the white stone is referred to the lesser work or the creation of the virgin. The next period of work which generates the golden stone is known as the greater work, the, bring, the bringing to forth of the golden child. Um, so that's what, that's your Virginia Dare, that's your Queen Elizabeth. Um, the principal place on our planet relating to the virgin is traditionally the land of Britain, dowry or kingdom of the virgin mary mary is signified by britannia the chosen of anna susquehanna maryland um the european renaissance was time for the spread throughout europe during the piscean time period of virgo uh, culminating in england land of the virgin this is what i wanted to say right here the poet philosophers purposefully built up her persona to portray the Virgin Queen. And throughout the last 30 years of her reign, this grand entertainment, it's all bullshit, it's all just a grand uh, story, was played exquisitely with Queen Elizabeth I acting her part faithfully in order to educate and transform society and to perform the matrix out of which the great light could be born. So, you know, this sounds so good. Look at reality. Is this what we're seeing? You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm recording this just as uh, wet ass pussy is becoming like, you know, the biggest 
pop song which is out there. This is our world. This is the, the, the destruction. Are we going to be born into something new? Is like movements like what, what, what I'm, I'm talking about or what I'm participating in. If you're watching this, if what you're participating in to, to move out of this like disgusting, uh, uh, culture into something else. Was that what this is all about? I certainly hope so, but I don't know because these are still the same people who are behind it all. So again, this is this is for each of us to decide what the hell is going on but i just want to show you like all of this is in print when we talk about virginia when i talk about virginia dare as being the symbolic birth of 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 the queen or of really the babe in the wilderness and the babe of the wilderness deals directly with the apocalypse which is where we are right now you know this is where some of this comes from so um all right, let me uh, let's keep on going on with this um, with this presentation. Let me drop this down here. All right, part three: uh, Manateo, the Susquehannocks, and the Society of the Woman in the Wilderness. Um, if you're familiar with the work of um, if you're familiar with the work of uh, the Susquehanna Mystery, you know this map. This is the John Smith map of Virginia. This is associated with um, Jamestown, for John Smith was the was the leader of Jamestown. This is the Chesapeake Bay right here. There's the Susquehanna Warrior right here. This is Pocahontas. This is where the Pocahontas story comes from. This came out in 1612. Um, look right here. This is Man Mantillo. Look right there. Does that look familiar? He should look familiar, right? Because there it is right here. Who painted this? John White. John White is the, uh, is the, um, the governor of, of, uh, and the grand, the governor of the colony of Roanoke, and he's the grandfather of Virginia Dare. Um, Manteo was actually baptized, um, in America, uh, the New World, August 13th, 1587. Um, this is a very important symbol. We're going to get into this a little bit later. Um, we can see here, this is the transition. He went from this to Thomas de Bry. He changed this picture to this, which then became this, done by Francis Bacon. Uh, we can see right here, Manteo becomes a female. The female right here is a goddess. This is the first coin within the within the new world it was the flowing hair dollar we see the face goes from this hair up here to this long flowing hair the flowing hair dollar is that of the goddess go see a lot of my earlier work on the goddess susquehanna i go into this in great detail but we could see this is where it begins and it begins with the grandfather of the babe in the wilderness virginia dare so now we're going to go and jump forward a little bit uh this was, this is all Rosicrucian, this was 1612, and now we're going to go to the first open Rosicrucian society in the New World, and that was Johann Kelpius, uh, 1694, um, you know, we've covered this a lot in the past, he, uh, Kelpius Cave, um, in the city of Philadelphia, he and the, um, hermits of Wissahickon, they, the 40 of them, they went, um, they were a doomsday cult because they were part of the revelation. They were, um, the, they followed the book of the revelation. They called themselves the society of the woman in the wilderness. Remember right here, we've got the babe in the wilderness here. We've got like 94 years later, and now we've got the woman in the wilderness. And this is a direct reference to where do we got that right here? Is this where it is? The woman of the apocalypse. Uh, that is where this comes from. Kelpius's group, um, was known as the hermits or the mystics of Wissahickon, the society of the woman in the wilderness from an obscure passion or passage in the book of revelations, the woman of the apocalypse. That's what the woman in the wilderness is. That's what Virginia Dare is the birth of, you know, this, this right here, that the Virginia Dare is the Queen Elizabeth I and John D. Here's Queen Elizabeth II and John D. You know, announcing the coming of the coronavirus. Here, you know, your head should be friggin' spinning. Mine is right here. So we got all this going on. These guys right here, where do they go? They go and start the effort of cloister in Lancaster. And that goes right to the Susquehanna River in the 40th parallel. Go and look at the work, which I've done. It's all connected. It goes back into the geomancy of the river, of the Susquehanna River. Like, 
it's all connected and, and understanding the true significance of our underlying environment, rivers, plants, trees, um, minerals, that is part of the navigation through all of the crap which is before us. Um, <laughs> you know, here's the cave of Kelpius, the Rosicrucian Brotherhood. It's a doomsday cult. They call it a doomsday cult because they were looking for the apocalypse. This is some someone who doesn't understand what the apocalypse is or the time frame of it. 40 mystics, 40 square foot. All right. So here we're going to go and, and make another connection. So this is a close-up right here of, this is Kelpius's cave, this is where they met, this is outside there, you can see it's painted red, this is a close-up of it. And we see right up, uh, this here, this, this was put up, this, um, this, this monument was put here by, uh, Amork, which is the, uh, ancient and mystical, mystical order of the, Rosicrucis. This is one of the largest Rosicrucian organization in the world. You know, um, these guys are very different in a certain way than the Rosicrucians from a couple hundred years ago. But nonetheless, they still are in that tradition to one degree or another. They say Helkelpius, um, is part of the first Rosicrucian col, uh, this was right here. This cave was the first Rosicrucian colony in America. And you see on the top, they have it marked with C-R-O-M-A-A-T. Remember this? This is what we find in the lost colony right here. White and the others made landfall on the morning of August 18th, his granddaughter's third birthday. I mean, listen to this. Oh, and that's why I'm recording this today. You'll understand even more so in a minute. Today's the 19th, but the 18th, that's when he returns back on his, his daughter's third birthday and the party found fresh tracks in the sand, um, but were not contacted by anyone. They also discovered the letter CRO carved on the tree. CRO right there. This is the map of Virginia. You see this? This is a reverse of the 40. This is how we know it's the 40th parallel when we crack the code of, of this map. You know, I definitely recommend go back and see these videos. But the, what I'm pointing this out right now now is we the Rosicrucians put it backwards 39 shown regularly 40 which is the key number is shown um you know it's actually mirrored the four is backwards but it's reverse this is reverse what is this reverse for the order of the rose cross the order of the rose cross <laughs> this actually right here if you want to get into it is the ancient and mystical um ancient and mystical order of the rose cross that's what this is. That's what this whole, um, this is a reversal of the, uh, this organization, Amork, uh, which is a shorthand. This is the full reverse of their title. And it's a double entendre too. So the other word is Croatan, uh, Croatoan. And this is interesting because it's normally assumed that this Manateo, who was the chief of the Croatan um, tribe of people, it's spelled differently. What was carved in the tree was spelled incorrectly. And you're going to see that again and again and again in Rosicrucian um, uh, communications. There are always friggin' typos, but they're not typos. They're done that way on purpose, probably for a variety of reasons. But one of the reasons is to let you know that it is, uh, you know, hey, it's us. We spelled it incorrectly. So where are we right here? Um, oh, the, the, the double entendre. So we got right here. So we know that, that Mott, this is an obvious reference to an Egyptian, uh, an Egyptian, uh, goddess. And the, the order of the rosy cross, they, they say they go through ancient, they trace their lineage back to ancient Egypt and then also to further back to Atlantis, as we saw with the works of, um, of uh peter dawkins right here and he talks about atlantis as well um but we also see the same thing with this croaton so let's separate right out here the cro separated from um uh, 
where do we have it? Right here. This is the Order of Rosy Cross. My guess is this probably represents something right here. This makes me think of the Order of the Ages. But this A-T-O-A-N is also a play on... Da, 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 on a ten or a ton, you know, we've got Mott right there, who is the goddess, and then we've got a ton or a ten, who is another Egyptian god. So we can, again, we're seeing the same sort of symbology, the same reference to the same time period showing up again and again and again and again and again and again. All right, whew. Let's go on now to part three, human sacrifice, mass shootings, Virginia Dare. I told you before, those guys disappeared. Um, human sacrifice, maybe just a psyop, who knows? Um, so this is just a little bit of talk um, right here um, from a scholarly perspective about the purposes of human sacrifice. This particular article is written from the point of view of like Mesoamerican and ancient Eastern um, empires with, with human sacrifice. They don't make reference to like European uh, uh, empires and they definitely don't make reference to anything um, being of, of relatively recent time frame. I think it's pretty obvious. Human sacrifice has never disappeared. Um, but we can glean a little bit about the significance of um, why sacrifices is done. Um, you know, part of these sacrificial rituals are to ensure that society will endure or that there is a longevity within society. So it would just make sense that, you know, before the dare, the great, the great um, uh, adventure of launching the British Empire, we're going to do a sacrifice um, so that it will endure. Um, we also see how the importance of, of sacrifices, um, you know, are really significant to the, 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 the masses and how, um, it affects social and ontological changes, uh, within the people. Um, the whole idea of the lost colony was, wasn't really introduced to the masses of the people until like a couple hundred years later. So it's going to have an effect on, um, all of the, the, uh, um, or begin to have the effect on the people in the United States. Um, this also talks about how sacrifices, uh, are used in foundations here. It's talking about specifically the context of construction events, special buildings, but this guy's taking it way too literally. You're, you're, when you're constructing an empire, when you're constructing something which is non-physical, you're looking at another type of sacrifice. We're seeing that again play out time and time again, um, uh, within, um, within the, 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 the dream, the dream weaving, which is being done really even more so now, uh, to the day of, of culture. So now we're going to get into something a little bit more recent and, uh, some really good and interesting stuff. I mean, good in terms of like, you can really wrap your mind around it. How many of you folks remember the Virginia tech shootings? Um, uh, at the time, uh, the Virginia Tech uh, shooting occurred April 16th, 2007. April 16th puts us right in that April 19th window, that fire sacrifice window where we know so many things happen, whether it's Columbine, whether it's Boston Marathon, whether it's Deepwater Horizon, you know, all that stuff is happening right then. And so Virginia Tech uh, at the time was the, the biggest uh, mass shooting in America, and it was a huge story. It happens April 16th. So let me go and give you some context as to where this took place. So um, this here is the United States. This is Washington, D.C. This is North Carolina. As I showed before, this right here is Elizabeth City, like Queen Elizabeth. This is Dare County. This is where the lost colony of Roanoke is. And then this right here, Blacksburg, Virginia, is where Virginia Tech is. And you can see it's right next to Roanoke. So we're dealing with the same sort of names. And here we have, you know, this is where the April 16th memorial is. This is where they memorialize it. This is Roanoke. They're 25 miles apart. So what's going on? As this happened, uh, two weeks later, 
Queen Elizabeth had a, um, Queen Elizabeth II, she had her first official state vi visit to the United States in over 15 years, and she was coming for the 400th anniversary of Jamestown. Right here. You know, Queen arrives for the U.S., uh, in the U.S. for Jamestown's 400th anniversary. Remember, why this is really significant is because it is the, um, also the birthplace of the British Empire. It's the first permanent colony of the British Empire. And what does 400? What is the significance of 400? Well, in Gematria, we can see that for, that Tav, the final letter has of the Hebrew alphabet has a value of 400 and in Kabbalah it represents completion. It's the end of the, um, of the era. We've got Queen Elizabeth. She's coming for the 400th anniversary. She's coming to Jamestown for this, for this event. That was already on her calendar. And lo and behold, right before she arrives, right in the middle of the sacrifice period, we've got 30, we've got really 33 people are killed. 32, uh, 32 are shot by a gunman, and then the gunman shoots himself. So she comes, she then gives a speech on, on the May 3rd at the Virginia legislature, you know, the state which is named after the Virgin Queen. The Virgin Queen is Queen Elizabeth I, this is Queen Elizabeth II, and then look what happens. Uh, <laughs> this is... This is just nuts. Um, on May 3rd, 2007, Queen Elizabeth II addresses the Virginia legislature, extending her sympathy on behalf of the United Kingdom. Uh, they're talking about Virginia Tech shooting. She then uh, met privately with some faculty and survivors, including three who were wounded. One of the survivors of the shooting, Caitlin Carney, who was shot in the hand, presented the Queen with a bracelet of 32 jewels in Virginia Tech's colors, maroon and orange. So think about this. Imagine you're going to like a funeral, you know, who gets the flowers, you know, the person who lost someone or the person who's showing up to the wake, right? You know, they're given the queen jewels. Each jewel represents, you know, the soul of these sacrificial victims. You know, this is sick shit. Um, the Queen subsequently visited Jamestown to mark the 400th ver uh, anniversary of the first permanent English settlement in the United States. Now, in the United States, in, in outside of the British Isles, which was the primary purpose of her visit. So she, so this here we're seeing as a, what I would say is a sacrifice. This is a little bit different than what a, the, what the lost colony is, but it is like a, a representing like, Hey, here comes the queen. We're honoring the queen and we're giving her these jewels to represent like how grateful we are that she is coming, you know, that she, she, she's, she's, um, uh, giving us her, or basking us in, in, in her presence. Um, <laughs> so now let's go on to the next sacrifice. Um, and this is just friggin' nuts. So who here remembers this? The murders of Allison Parker and Adam Ward. Now this took place uh, August 26, 2015. And so on one level, this this really wasn't... We're like right in the, at this time period, it's five years ago. Like, I mean, this seems like, uh, 10 decades ago, but this is in the midst of like all of the, the sacrificial season of like all of these, these, these shootings. And, um, this one got huge, huge coverage. And typically why, uh, shooting would get huge coverage would be the amount of carnage, but this didn't have the, a lot of carnage. But the reason why that, because three people, um, uh, three people died in this, uh, or it's reported three people are di died in, in this. But what made this so special is that it, um, it was live streamed. It happened, you know, this is, this is the viewpoint from the shooter. You know, he GoPro'd it and it was uploaded on Facebook. And we have, uh, we've got a, a reporter and she is interviewing someone and then, she is shot and so this shocks the world executed on live tv and this was a huge story for two weeks again i remember i remember watching a black child productions video on this it was fantastic on this analysis and how we broke it down but nonetheless let me go point out some of the weirdness so where did this take place so this takes place in roanoke virginia 
It took place in Smith Mountain. Smith Mountain, remember this? John Smith map. And what do we have right here? We've got a picture of Manateo. We have a picture of Manateo right there. It takes place at Smith Mountain Lake, which is a suburb of Roanoke, Virginia, in a place called Monita. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. The exact same letters of, of this person right here who is linked in directly with, with the entire lost colony. I didn't even go into it. Go and do, you know, I'm 45 minutes into it. I'm 55 minutes into it. I don't want to go down that lost colony. Go and do your research. You go and see the person. But here's the real ticker. <laughs> Virginia Dare, born. August 18th, 1587. Who was shot right here? Allison Parker and Adam Ward. Adam Ward was the, was the, uh, cameraman. When was her birthday? April, August 19th. They almost had the exact same birthday. They have 404 years apart. Now, four keeps showing itself over and over and over again. 40th parallel, 40 mystics. Susquehanna River, if you go up at the headwaters, you'll see that it says it's 444 miles long. 400 years. We're seeing this four showing over and over again, my friends. But this was a really strange shooting uh, to begin with. And <laughs> where it gets weird, I'm going to link this right back into um, to Batman. Because remember, we've got the Batman connection with the Dark Knight Rising. So this is a little bit indirect, but nonetheless, this is this is strange. So let me first, I'm going to point out this. Uh, when this happened, so who became the star of of this shooting, if you recall, was this guy right here, who was the supposed boyfriend of this woman here, who was shot, and his name was um, where do we have it? Here we go. His name was Chris Hurst, like Chris Hertz. <laughs> and he was saying the weirdest thing. This was his quote. We only had a nine month, uh, we were, o we only had nine months together, but I can tell you guys, it was a white hot relationship that burned full of love. Like that is really, really bizarre sort of stuff. Like making reference to their sex life, like in this time of like, you know, where supposedly like his love was just executed on live TV. And then her father becomes a major role um, in the, this all became about a gun rights, um, uh, it turned into a, a gun rights sort of discussion. So, but now I want to go back to this, this, uh, and I'll go back to, uh, I'll connect that in a moment, but I want to go back to um, the strange Batman connection. So if we want to go back to uh, the Batman TV series, we'll go that right here. Um if you if you've ever seen like the Batman show from the 60s it was it starred Adam West and Burt Ward as Robin so you know who was murdered we have um we have Allison Parker and Adam Ward. We've got Adam Ward who uh, connects with both of these guys, Adam West. We've got Adam right there. And then we've got um, Burt Ward. We have that right here. And so the shooter, the shooter, there was a whole bunch written about the shooter. And he was a guy whose name was Vester Lee Flanagan II. Um, I don't think he had a child. I think you have to have a child to um, uh, to have a second. Otherwise, you're just a junior Um because you have to have a third to be a second. But nonetheless, he went by the pseudonym of Bryce Williams, you know, just like Bruce Wayne slash Batman, BWBW. And Batman, particularly in this TV show, we've got like, you know, there's always that strange connection how in episode 33 it was said um, that Bruce Wayne's grandfather, great-grandfather, founded Skull and Bones, the secret society. You know, if that's news to you, go and look that up. That's really said. Uh, which is even more interesting because in the Disney uh, movie of Pocahontas, which most people know the story Pocahontas from, which connects directly to John Smith, you know, that was the 33rd, um, the 33rd animated feature film of Disney, and that's what they're best known for, but I kind of digress. But the point I'm trying to make is we keep on having these like Batman connections. Now, my take, the reason is, is because superheroes resonate so deeply within the collective consciousness, they're archetypical, um, but nonetheless, we can see there is this, this, this connection there. 
But what we also want to look at is how they connect through um, through through time. So we've got like the Virginia Tech shootings uh, to the uh, to the Roanoke shootings, and we have the Batman shooting uh, and the Olympic Games right in between. There are what was this? This is about eight years apart, three thousand and fifty four days. And this is the difference uh, in between the, the shootings. I use the Olympic ceremony. And we can see if you divide this number or by that number, we get 0. 0.631. And, you know, for those who know their, their sacred geometry, that is really, really close to the golden ratio, which is 0. Um, 0. 0.618. It's about 90, a 98% match. The reason why you'd want to do these sort of things is because it links events in reality, making them more real. And, uh, you know, here are the day counters where that came from. And we could see the, um, the same thing happened again. If we use the, the Olympic ceremony and we have this on air shooting and then we have, um, we have, uh, uh, I've got the date right there as the, uh, that is incorrect right here. That is, um, what, when Boris Johnson was, um, stated that he had, um, when he had, uh, COVID, you know, that's our connection with that one right here where we go and we could see we've got that. That's where it came from. We've got the same thing. This is 0.64, almost another uh, golden ratio. So no matter how we look at this, we're seeing all of these connections between all of these events. Whew, where are we? We're at an hour right now. I told you, you know, I appreciate everyone who's who's stuck along, stuck around for this. Um, we're going to go to the final, the final section. Three Mile Island, the China Syndrome, and Georgia Guide Stones. Um, if you're familiar with my work, you understand the significance of Three Mile Island, uh, which, you know, it's a symbol of Tiamat, TMI, Tiamat. It's located in the Susquehanna River uh, at the 40th parallel. And T Three Mile Island um, uh, was a, uh, a, nuclear, a major nuclear uh, accident um, that happened in 1979. Um, and it was predicated by the China syndrome. So now this China syndrome, uh, you know, that, that, that's significant when we're linking all of this stuff together because we want to see how this connects to everything as well. Um, China being the connection to the coronavirus, and we're going to see how this connects as well. So this happened, Three Mile Island, on March 28th, 1979. Um, and then... Last year, uh, on uh, March 2019, it marked the 40th anniversary of it. And um, this article right here says, hey, nothing bad ever happened. Like there was all this concern about like the radiation leak. Nothing ever happened. Um, maybe it was a hoax. Maybe it was just a psyop, you know, maybe nothing ever happened and just worked everyone up because the China syndrome, if you're familiar, uh, it predicted the movie called the China syndrome, which was released two weeks before it predicted a nuclear, um, meltdown. And then three mile Island incident happened. And, and what was big news at the time was this quote from the movie, uh, could render, uh, an area the size of the state of Pennsylvania permanently inhabitable. That is where this took place right in Harrisburg. Pennsylvania. Um, I covered this in great detail in a lot of other work. Um, and then we know on the 40th anniversary on April 15th, 2019, we have the burning of Notre Dame. And again, I went and I showed how Notre Dame corresponds and links directly to uh, 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 the Tiamat experience or the Three Mile Island. So why am I bringing this up? Um, is because... You know, what happened in the month of March 2020? We've got the 40th anniversary of the Georgia Guidestones, you know, and the Georgia Guidestones, when they occurred, when they first came out, the Georgia Guidestones were, were, had their, their unveiling, if you will, on March 22nd, 1980, exactly 360 days after Three Mile Island. Three Mile Island put the fear of God in the entire planet, that the entire population was going away. 360 is a, um, is a major, uh, uh, 
usage uh, um, for a year by a lot of ancient calendars. So these two are related. This happened on 322, 322. We've got the skull and bones connection. Um, and, you know, if you're watching this video, obviously, you know all about the Georgia Guidestones and, and you know, that connection of, of world population reduction. And that's what all of this is about, right? You know, we've got this, this, this population reduction theme, which is, which is happening at the end of the apocalypse. And this here is the end of the apocalypse. 40 years later, 44, 44, we're seeing it over again. Um, on this exact date of 322-2020, you know, that's when the, um, Olympics were, which were supposed to happen in, in Tokyo this year. Uh, the first time the prime minister of Japan said, Hey, we're, we're thinking about postponing them. So the Olympics are, are, are tapped into the collective. We're seeing how all of this is connected. We're seeing like 40 years later from this, just as we saw for the 40 year connection between, um, the 40 year connection between, uh, the, the three mile island and then the burning, you know, the, the destroying, the destruction of, of, of the temple of Isis, you know, of the goddess who is the goddess. She's the virgin queen. She is, she is the lady of the apocalypse. You know, we're dealing with that. We're seeing then, uh, also we're seeing the coronavirus introduced 40 years at the uh, Georgia Guidestone. <laughs> Whew, that was a long one, my friends. Um, so what's the point? You know, why do we go through all this? What is this all about? Um, the writing's in the wall. It's all around us. Um, this has been planned way before any of us has been born. This has been executed uh, very, very well. Um, we got to stop all of this. You know, I got to stop making these videos. We got to stop the internet. You got to get away from that. You know, don't look at it. Uh, just like in Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they open up the Ark, don't look at this stuff. We know, we know... <laughs> If you, if you want to move through this, don't get caught up on that lower level stuff. We can use all of this. Um, we can use this as part of our own personal journey of the alchemical process. And I mean that with like the lowercase a, as we transmute, everything's changing. As we're going through our collective and our individual dark nights of the soul, as we move off of money, uh, we have to move off of money. They own the money system. Uh, this is just an encouragement to say, do what you got to do to get away from it. You can't fight it. If you're fighting it, you're just part of the dream. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what the future looks like. Uh, I'll probably continue to make these videos, you know, for, until something else is going to show itself that I don't have to do this. Um, you know, I'll probably still put these out. Uh, as long as we still have money, I still need money. Those who want to connect, um, I do this type of services with your own life. So go look on my website. Um, they're called Starboard Lights. I'm just changing its name to uh, Biomancy. That's what this is. This is just like, you know, the art of, of, of interpreting life. Um, and a lot of us need to connect. And so uh, if you're interested in any of those ser services, you can get in touch with me that way. Um, also, I definitely recommend, um, really understanding your own, um, your own backyard, understanding your own waterways, understanding how we can use these to connect literally, spiritually, um, intellectually ways we can't even imagine. Um, and you know, uh, <laughs> may you live in exciting times. This is Mike until the next time.